Welcome back, everybody, to the Evolve You podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brian McElderry, an executive health coach, consultant, doctor of pharmacy, and entrepreneur. And within this podcast, we will be bringing you exciting episodes discussing health, business, and personal development to evolve you into the best version of yourself. So with that being said, let's hop into this episode. Welcome back, everybody, to the Evolve You podcast. This is your host, Dr. Brian McElderry, and we have an awesome episode again for you, bringing you an awesome impact where we are evolving you into the best version of yourself by bringing valuable guests onto here. And today, first of all, before we get into the guest story, I want you to, if you're a returning guest, please go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. If you have not already, if you're a returning guest, please go ahead and rate like and review for us. I'd really appreciate it. And let's spread this movement out to anybody that you feel like would benefit from this podcast. So let's go ahead and get into our featured guest today. And um, before I allow her to introduce herself, I'm going to give a little backstory of how we met, uh, which was our first business coach together. And in the program, we kind of started to feel like certain People were gravitating towards each other. We, we noticed certain things in the program and we connected with like-minded people in the program. From then on, we it's been what? Almost, I think two years, right, Em? Oh yeah, two <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah, about a year and a half, two years, and we are still connecting. And it's amazing how that happens. And then you're just connecting with like-minded people and you stay connected, right? Uh, so I'm gonna introduce Em really quickly. Miss M. Haas, Miss uh, Mompreneur, Influencer, Impactivist, just an all around good person that's is killing in the game right now. So, uh, M, welcome on. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me on. I literally listen to you every time I'm in the gym and I'm like, yes, I'm involving myself. It's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. So we were talking guys before the episode and, you know, I always like to uh, get in tune with my guests a little bit more on their backstory and, and kind of how they got to where they are now. And I think that's very important to understand. So uh, as I was talking to him, she was telling me that she went to design school in New York and some of you may be in your in your profession or in school now or you finished school and uh you're like oh well i love exactly what i'm doing but i want to i I know i'm built for more or there's something else that's in me and i think m is has embodied that uh, completely so i want to allow her to introduce herself because there's so much more so i'm gonna allow her to do that right now Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And um, yeah, guys, so I went to Parsons Design School in New York, which is the school of hard knocks. If you guys know anybody who's gone there, especially for fashion, it is very, very intense. And I basically, they breed you into um, or condition you into thinking that whoever stays up all night, whoever works the hardest is going to be the most successful school, whoever pushes themselves to the limits. So guys, if you want to learn self-discipline, go to fashion school. Um, It was very intense. And at one point, 
you know, and multiple times I would say, I was always the girl that no matter how much work I had, I was always at the gym taking care of myself. And that was like the one thing that no one could take away from me. There were kids that were better than me in my class, you know, had parents that were in the industry, they had an in, you know, they had different advantages. And I was just the girl that was working really hard. I had no ties in fashion. Um, and I also appreciated the body so much. I was the only girl in my class that was or graduated from Parsons designing activewear. Everyone else was designing gowns and evening wear, and I was the only one in my class focusing on something else. And it really made me stood out, and it also made me love working out because I would get ideas. I literally carried around a sketchbook in the gym um, and would take down ideas about every little stitch, a problem that it like, so I was very solution oriented. And I think that that carried over into me starting a business for myself eventually. But all along the way, there were so many red flags. I would give a tip here and there to my friend about eating right, you know, if they couldn't make it to to the gym if they had so much work that all they had time for was a quick workout in their room or their dorm and I would give them these little tips and tricks on how to stay healthy and how to take care of themselves being in such an intense major and it kept adding up I would get people coming back to me saying that they felt great they felt amazing like I should do this full time I should like jokingly because they knew how passionate I was about design and there were all these red flags that kept going off in my head. Like, maybe you should do coaching. Maybe you should think about it. Like, maybe you should, maybe you should quit school. Um, and, you know, I would get comments from my parents every time I would bring it up. Like, that's not really a job. You can't make money off of that. And I decided my junior year that I wanted to hire my first fitness coach. And that relationship alone... Um, totally changed my life because she went above and beyond what a normal fitness coach would do. Just sending you a workout, sending you macros and going on with their day. Mm -hmm. She, at the time I was going through a very hard breakup, she would send me pages of emails that had nothing to do with training or nutrition. That was all about, you know, loving myself through that grieving process. Um, taking care of myself, the importance of continuing my training, even though I was hurting so much. And she was there for me when I felt like I didn't have anybody. And, um, you know, after that relationship, I worked with her for five years and she totally changed my life. Um, and she really made me fall in love with the idea of maybe being a coach someday to girls. And I didn't know who that girl was. I obviously didn't consider starting a business for myself because I had just graduated and I had that pressure of immediately falling into a job and you know continuing what I had gone to school for. There was no question. And after going through four years of hell, I was like, I have to make money somehow yeah. out of that because um, that was brutal. So I basically... Um, presented my senior thesis, our senior collection or um, set of clothes to Nike. And they loved it. And they wanted me for their summer internship where they pay you, they put you in a department. And um, I got into men's running. They loved that I was so solution oriented. And they 
thought that I would be really good at like creating secret pockets in the shorts and like things like that. And I was at Nike all summer. I fell in love. Um, and I just had gotten a better offer at Under Armour a few months later. And, um, you know, so I moved across the country again. Nike is in Portland, Oregon, just came from New York City. Um, and now I'm going to Baltimore. And guys, let me tell you, <laughs> I was living, yes, I was literally living in Tupac's neighborhood for nine months. Like, no lie. Outside of my apartment complex, it was like the murder capital. And, you know, that kind of influenced my decision a little bit as far as like never feeling 100% comfortable there. Mm -hmm. But also just like, I knew deep down as I started putting my story out on social media. At the time, I had just started really a fitness Instagram. Yeah. And I started sharing my workouts. I started getting DMs from people every time I would talk about my eating disorder. And, you know, really, really sharing my story and even stories from fashion school and taking care of myself during that whole thing. And I really kept getting all of these signals like and pulls inside of me like um this is what you should be doing you hate going to work every day like it's this isn't for you and I kept listening to podcasts like Amanda Bucci and Angie Lee and like all of these people that were like quit your job and like yeah, you yeah. know do what you love to do <laughs> and um you know so halfway through the job I heard a podcast I'll never forget and it was the business this coach that Brian and I had invested at the time. And I immediately called my boyfriend um, at my corporate job. And I said, I don't care what we have to do. We are hiring this guy. And I'm going to finally get into online coaching and make this happen. And so I, yeah, I invested in him. And basically, I, um, I was in that program for a couple months didn't really see a lot of success, um, but I had so much belief in myself. And guys, I'm not saying this is the right thing to do, but I put in my two weeks after attending one of his live events. And I said, you know, I only have a couple clients, but I really think if I go all in instead of half-ass that I can totally do this. Yeah. And I put my two weeks in. It happened to be right on my birthday. Don't think that's a coincidence. <laughs> and um, I started um, my business. And yeah, I don't know if you want to ask me anything that was pretty long until I get into what I do now. Yeah, no, that was perfect. Um, as you guys see, her journey was, I think, a, a lot like many of you that are listening to this podcast, because if you are listening to this podcast, you want more, or you're looking for more out of what you're doing, or you're looking to excel to the next level. Just say you're um, a busy working professional, and you love what you're doing, but you're trying to get to that next level in your job, and you truly love it, and that's fine. But I think the point that we want to make here is what is what it takes to get to that next level. I think that's the biggest thing that people are trying to figure out. What do I need to do? And you saw that M is, is not scared of making a jump or following her intuitions because she did it multiple times, you know? And I think that is commendable in what people are scared of a lot of times, right? It's, 
it's scary and you have to get uncomfortable into the sense of what that really means. So M, tell us, um, let's jump into what you're doing now because I think that is, is a huge thing that people are wanting to come here for. It's like, who is this guest? Like, who is she like that she's teaching uh, mompreneurs how to get fit and teach their kids how to, you know, eat healthy and live a healthy lifestyle so they grow up and, uh, you know, they can live more fulfilled for both of them. So tell us more about that. Yeah. So um, a lot of people look at my content now and they're like, well, wait, you're not a mom. So why the hell are you coaching moms? Um, and the thing is, is that I always say, well, first off, I've helped over a hundred mompreneurs at this point. Um, but I have also 25 years experience of being a daughter to a mompreneur. Um, and really when I I was growing up and I was super overweight. Um, you know, before college, before all that, I would say around six, seven, eight years old, was getting teased a lot for being really overweight. I came home after being teased so many times and really just said to my mom, I'm done being fat and I will do whatever I have to do. I wanted to fit in. Um, and she really grabbed my hand and she took me on her journey and she taught me how to be healthy while still being a kid at the same time. And obviously those healthy habits, that love for movement and, you know, seeing food is not so much, uh, you know, a reward or punishment or an emotional thing, but really just fuel and meaning that I could go on another walk with my mom or we could have that, you know, really good conversation about school or boys or, and our relationship really took off from there. And those healthy habits carried into my adulthood. And so I really, you know, thought about my past and thought about how I take care of myself as a business owner now and the things she's taught me at such a young age that obviously continued on. And I wanted to help mompreneurs do the same. So I always say, um, you know, I help mompreneurs step into the health of their dreams so they can show up as the confident example their kids deserve. Um, so that is what I do. It's a 12 week program and I really dive deep into how to not only figure out what workouts are going to work best for their body and where they want to be, but also what's going to work around running their business and having kids and having it be something that they could possibly teach their kids, start incorporating their kids in their everyday movement. And not so much be like, oh, well, I'm cooking for one because I'm on this special nutrition program and diet. No, making it sustainable so that when you go grocery shopping, you're shopping for everybody and that everybody's getting on board with her journey. So it really does cause that ripple effect. Wow. Oh, my goodness. You guys know I pause for a second to just <laughs> pause for the calls for one second um, <laughs> just to take in because... This is not just for you guys, but I, I do these interviews because I'm intrigued by my guests a lot of times to learn from them. You know, if you're not learning, then you're not, if you're not growing, you're, you're dying, in my opinion. So no matter how up-leveled you think you are, if you aren't learning continuously from your peers, from mentors, from whoever that, you, you know, you find your learning platform, then I, I, I just highly recommend that you keep learning. Um, but let's, let's take a back step for just a second um, and kind of dive a little bit deeper into um, where this inner inner 
fitness journey came from. Like we were talking about before the podcast that you kind of struggled with um, you know, anorexia or eating disorder or just relationship with food. So mm. there's a lot of people, and I've had a lot of conversations with people that that is something that they're struggling with, um, whether it be a male or a female. Um, so I, I want you to feel comfortable um, if you're listening to really take notes and and, and hear what Emma is about to tell you and how she's overcome that and still, you know, still battling with it in a sense, um, just within this past year and just finally getting that mental strength to overcome it. So kind of tell us yeah. a little bit into that story, if you don't mind. Oh yeah, for sure. And guys, before I really dive deep into my story, I had um, anorexia specifically. I want you to not also skip over this if you had never had a disorder because you may know somebody that is showing weird signs, weird behavior around food um, that may have, you know, a silent disease. It is a silent killer and it happens gradually. And so um, you can have disordered eating without necessarily having an eating disorder. And I'm going to explain the difference between the two. Um, so I struggled from the time I was 16 to 19 with anorexia nervosa. Now that is literally defined as like being scared of food. So I literally had gotten to the point where I literally thought I did not deserve to have food, that I was special, that I was different than everyone else. I would immediately gain weight whenever I'd have carbs. Um, and I really placed my self-worth on my body. And um, having said that, I grew up with a sister that had a fast metabolism she shot up when she got to high school she could eat whatever she wanted and guys like i had boobs in sixth grade like let's be real like i matured really quickly um you know i got attention from older guys guys that didn't always treat me well um and so i really couldn't stand my body because it was in the way of you know, guys really getting to know me for who I am and not just what I looked like. It stood in the way because I immediately thought that because I didn't look like my sister and because I didn't look like the model that people literally called her, that I wasn't good enough. And so I really hid behind always being the big girl and being the biggest girl in the room out of all my friends being always the person in the back of the picture in school. Um, and, you know, I got to the point where once I hit high school, I said, this is it. I'm going to show everybody. I'm going to prove everybody wrong. And I started by cutting out one meal, literally one meal. And it was a snowy day in February. And I will just never forget that hollow feeling that I soon got addicted to. And it was just feeling empty and just feeling like I had nothing in me. And I realized very short after that that was a means of numbing myself for how much in pain and how much I hated myself. And um, that continued on and one meal became all three. Um, it became down to maybe at my lowest, 100 to 200 calories a day. Um, so I had literally gone in four months from maybe being 135, 140, and then, um, slowly to a hundred pounds, 
then 90, and then by August, I was 85 pounds, and I had a heart rate of 35 beats per minute. Um, with no cycle, um, I d no one recognized me my first day of sophomore year. Um, my best friend who I grew up with, she was sitting in front of me first period in chemistry class, and she had literally turned to my other friend and said, where's M? And then they called my name. And and she looked like white as a ghost, just could not get over how much I had changed. And I really had kept it a secret into myself. And I had gotten to the point where I hated myself so much that I would go to bed and literally ask not to wake up. And um, I really just, <laughs> I really just didn't know how to continue on because that was all I lived for. I woke up thinking about calories and working out and went to bed thinking about the same. And so I would say that it took me a good three years to really get over that um, because the doctors at one point looked me in the face and said, you know that you can't go to New York and be this huge fashion designer if you don't take care of yourself, you're going to graduate the year behind you or you're going to be dead. Like that's it. Your body's going to shut down and you're going to either have a heart attack when you're sleeping or the next time you step on the elliptical. So, um, that is what physically got me over it was that initial shock, knowing that I wouldn't be able to go to New York, which was my dream. And so I slowly started eating a little bit more, um, very painfully. My parents basically watched every single move. I wasn't allowed to go out um, or go over friends' houses without being monitored over what I was eating for dinner, what they were going to have at the house. Um, and I really felt like a little kid all over again. Um, and so really, I would say that mentally it has taken me after getting in a bikini competition, uh, you know, in 2017, um, obviously being at a healthy weight from 19 to 23, um, getting in my first bikini competition, I would say I was trading one disorder for another. Um, and this is where I'm going to get into explaining disordered eating. Disordered eating is placing restrictions and rules around your food, eating enough and looking healthy, but still having these guidelines and rules to live by when it comes to food and feeling like you are still the quote unquote exception from everybody else that you can't indulge, that you can't partake in having a glass of wine because you are these, you know, the fittest, healthiest, most clean eater. Um, a lot of people refer to it as orthorexia, um, which is the obsession with eating healthy as well. Um, but you know, it can be described as just disordered eating in general. So you just because you're not throwing up or you're not restricting your food to 100 calories a day doesn't mean that you don't have a disorder. And so I fell into orthorexia, I would say, after competing, during competing, um, it was very much concerned with the way that I looked. And my world was so small. It was work, the gym, meal prep, rinse and repeat. 
And I really had no life outside of that because anything that interfered with that drove me crazy because it made me feel like I was out of control. It made me feel like I was going to slip. And that just comes down with not trusting your body and not trusting yourself. And so this year, um, I wholeheartedly believe this happened for a reason. After my competition, my hormones shut down because my body basically said, you just went through three years of anorexia and now you're trying to compete. And my hormones totally shut down. I lost my cycle for 19 months. Um, and it took me six months to get it back after thousands of dollars of pouring into specialists and medicine. Um, and so I feel like during that time I had gained 30 pounds unintentionally after my show, um, without changing my exercise or nutrition. And I a hundred percent believe that that happened for a reason because I needed a wake up call and I needed a shake of where my values were being placed. So now my values are no longer on the way that I look, but the impact I'm bringing to the world and who I am as a person. And I think I needed to go through that to see that. um guys if you if you're listening to this and you know i'll probably share you know some clips of the video but you know i'm so intently glued to my screen right now because i I hear the passion i hear the pain um as well and i think you know, if you're listening to this, whether you have somebody dealing with this, this issue or you personally are, um, you know, I touch a lot on mental strength, mindset shifts, um, putting value, just like M said, in other things. Like, what else do you like to do? You know, health and fitness is only a, a tool to allow yourself to be disciplined and love yourself more. So if you're able to be disciplined in transforming your body and be comfortable in your own skin, then that translates to other parts of your life. And to be honest with you, Em, like I think you can maybe relate to this. There's been days or weeks where maybe you don't feel like going to the gym or maybe you just do the smallest amount of exercise or even you have a balanced way of eating, right? Like intuitive eating, you find yourself looking better. You know, you find yourself looking better in, in your eyes. And mm-hmm. like, how is she doing that? Or how is he doing that? How are they eating these things? How are they look so joyful and full of life? And I'm over here, you know, busting my ass in the, in the kitchen, meal prep, doing everything the plan or the blueprint says. And guys, you've got to understand that stress is also a factor in your transformation. If you aren't fully allowing yourself to be engulfed in other things and have a balanced, holistic approach to your life and allowing yourself to really embrace. And if you're listening to this and you're faithful and I'm not sure what your faith is, but um, you know, God has a purpose for everyone's life, you know, to make an impact in whatever area that is. So if you're solely focused on, yourself and the body image and comparing yourself to other people which is very true now right Mm -hmm. Uh, it's it's very difficult to move forward and be ever comfortable with yourself at all because you're Mm. comparing Mm, good gosh Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
so what do you think um after what would you tell the person now that is dealing with either just a mental strain in their own body they feel like they are not making any progress they are constantly comparing themselves they're constantly looking at others for approval or support and that's okay if you're looking for support everyone needs it but more so approval uh, what would you tell that person to get out of their own way so i tell my clients this all the time but you are the only one that's ever going to be in your way mm. and you, your validation is all that matters at the end of the day. And, um, you know, especially the women that I serve and mompreneurs, you all eyes on you, like seriously. And if you are looking externally for validation, if you are constantly criticizing the way that you look and you're not fully present, and you're always looking forward. You're always looking on, you know, at how many calories you're eating or what time dinner is or when your next meal is. And you're not fully present. A, you're missing out on precious time with your loved ones, family, especially this time of year. Um, and number two is that you, your words are literally teaching those around you how to treat you. So a lot of times when, um, when people are in relationships and they start saying to their boyfriend or their girlfriend, oh, you're, you know, you're texting them or you're looking at her or, you know, you think she's cute or whatever. Over time, regardless if that person's cheating on them or not, they somehow find a way to make it happen. Like it, because that person's nagging them so much, they are going to turn to somebody now for validation, for the love that they need and deserve. So when you're picking at yourself and you're looking for external validation to make you help happy or sad or feel better about yourself, you're also teaching the people around you how to treat you. They're going to start thinking that you don't look that great. They're going to start, you know, validating your negative comments because you're literally telling them that's what I want to hear. Like, and so I would really look into yourself and I like to always say to my clients, what would your inner child want to do today? Yeah, would, love that. you know, I believe that you need to mother yourself first in order to be a mother eventually. Yeah. And, um, I say that to women all the time because they're like, oh, well, I'm not a mom, but I'm struggling with this. And I said, you need to mother yourself before you can mother or love anybody else. So I always say like, how are you feeding your inner child? Is it through using cardio as punishment or is it through listening to your favorite song, whether it's Eminem or Dr. <laughs> Dre for me, yeah. <laughs> uh, and going on a run and making fun out of it or grabbing some coffee on the way back and making the best out of the situation. Like, how are you feeding that inner child? What would they want to do today? And, um, you know, just really quick, I do, I take my clients through a meditation that um, they basically approach their, uh, their younger self and 
they look her in the eye and I have them write down what you would have promised that girl that you were going to be. How you would live your life, how you would show up, how you would talk to yourself, yeah. how you would move, how you would nourish yourself. And it's really powerful. It's a really emotional meditation, but I promise you it's so effective. Yes. I love that. I love that because I think any success um, comes first with self-belief and, and intentionally speaking into existence what you fully believe of yourself. So when anyone else comes into your space, then they can't harm you. They can't hurt you because you're so engulfed in what you've already told yourself. And uh, I think it's catching on more because I've been sharing a lot more about doing my intentions uh, every single day and uh, even with my clients too. So it, it just, it's so important. And it's a little bitty thing, right? That it's just simply writing something down, taking those five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30, whatever it is for you to get into that, that space of self-love and self-belief. Uh, so you can go out and you're not affected by what anyone else says or does or how your day went because you're, you're having a great day, right? <laughs> so. Um, I just want to say this is that when someone makes a comment to you and someone says something to you, it is completely neutral until you give meaning to it. Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> I, I just, I've been empowered guys by this conversation and I, I think it's, we've touched on a lot of different things and I want to backtrack just a little bit um, on the things we've touched. You know, M talked about her story, right? She talked about her corporate job and going to school, going the traditional route, trying to please everybody and still following her dream, but realizing that a shift happens, there are different chapters in life. And when that time comes or that, that day hits when you've got to make that shift and you're like, something's got to change. Like I feel a lot of pushback here. Um, and she felt that shift within different parts of her life, professionally, personally, and now she's embodied fully all of that now to come back to her inner child, come back to the M that her mom was influenced, influencing. And I think that's just so powerful and so just inspirational to hear that, to see somebody fully in their space and you look at the pieces of the puzzle and you connect the dots and you're like, man, this is who God built. This is who is supposed to be in this space. And um, guys, each and every one of you have something. And I, I truly believe that. Uh, and if you look at all the pieces of the puzzle, connect all the dots and follow your gut and your intuition, uh, you're going to get there. And uh, it's only in due time. So, Emma, do you have any lasting words that, that you would like to share with the audience and then, of course, as always, tell people where they can find you um, and how they can connect with you. Yeah, so I have two things that I think uh, your viewers specifically would really benefit from that were two huge realizations that have changed my life and that might help your situation right now. So if you are still in your nine to five or maybe you are um, part-time somewhere, you're trying to start your side hustle, um, 
you need to understand that regardless of how many years you went to school, um, regardless of how much education is in a completely different industry or area, first of all, you need to forgive yourself. Stop beating yourself up over having a passion that's calling you. Um, but also know that you can be really good at something without being in love with it and without being passionate about it. And that was designed for me. And so if accounting was your major, but you want to get into online training and nutrition or something like that, you could have been a badass at accounting. And trust me, that's going to come up in your business if you're an online coach, but you are more passionate and in love with helping people change their lives through fitness and nutrition. And really the next thing is your life is as good as you let it be. And if you really look at yourself today and say, you know, I can't do this because of, you know, of the timing of things and my income and where I'm at right now. If you physically can't move from your job and you can't follow your passion, suck every little ounce of experience you can whether it's networking with the people there, whether it's every time you shake someone's hand and meet somebody in your corporate job, you're telling them about how you're starting your online business or how about you're passionate about training or nutrition. Maybe if you don't want to give away that you're starting your side hustle, really just taking advantage and not sitting there waiting it out in order to make the move taking advantage of everything, you know, connecting with those people on LinkedIn so that when you leave, maybe you have a set of clients that already trust you, already met you in person and are willing to go because you've created that rapport long before. So really be smart about it and intentional and understand that your, your situation right now may suck to you um, in hindsight, but you can make it the best it can be in the time being and understand that it's not that you aren't doing your passion right now. It's just, you're working towards it. Have a different perspective. I'm on my way instead of I'll never get there. Wow. Well, and on that note, I think that was, um, the right note to end on because you did touch a lot of my uh, viewers and listeners from that statement. Uh, and that's what I preach a lot because I, I definitely can uh, resonate with that um, in that I felt like I was getting good grades, right? Uh, the whole doctorate degree and completely changed my scope now. Um, but where can they find you, Em? And let them know, and I'll have everything, of course, linked down in the show notes for you guys as well. Yeah, guys. So I am on Instagram and Facebook, both at E M M H A A S. So M Haas, but with two M's. And um, I go live like six days a week. I'm very consistent on there. Um, and of course you can always apply to my 12 week program. It's fitmompreneur.com. So M O M P R E N E U R. And guys, if you have any questions about just my journey and wanting to take that leap and you just, 
just want my opinion or you're maybe just a new online coach and you're scared and you just kind of need support or have any questions after this episode, just let me know that you listen, that you came from Brian's podcast and shoot me a DM on Facebook or Instagram and I'd love to see how I can support you. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So the biggest thing I think you take away from this, guys, is, is to follow your passion, uh, listen to your gut, your intuition, and take each and every point of your life and connect those dots. And again, connect with M down below in the show notes. I fully validate and support her journey and the empire she is built and still building and scaling, impacting moms, mompreneurs, future moms, and just women in general that are looking to uh, enhance their life, their body, and influence the people and loved ones around them. So guys, thank you so much. Thank you, M, for coming on and sharing your story and truly impacting our audience here. No, thank you, Brian, so much. And guys, you can do this. You got this. Just keep listening to this podcast and you're already on your way. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, guys. And again, please subscribe, give us a like, a rating, share it out to anybody that you feel will benefit from this. And we will see you guys in the next episode.